Ever need something for your home but don't have the cash or credit to pay for it? You can do that at Aaron's. Yep, you can rent to own appliances like washers, dryers, refrigerators, furniture for your living room or bedroom, even tech. Plus, Aaron's has great brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. Life's always changing. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. So check out your nearest Aaron's store or visit Aaron's.com to see what I'm talking about. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. My name is Clay Newcomb, and this is a production of the Bear Grease podcast called the Bear Grease Render, where we render down, dive deeper, and look behind the scenes of the actual Bear Grease podcast. Presented by FHF Gear, American-made, purpose-built hunting and fishing gear that's designed to be as rugged as the places we explore. Brent, have I told you about my raccoon woes? No. So, uh, you guys know I have two very large dogs. Yep. Great Danes. Great Danes that eat a lot of dog food. And I keep the dog food on my back deck. And I have it in a big tub because I buy it 100 pounds at a time. And it lasts like three weeks. I go through about 100 pounds of dog food in about three, three, three and a half weeks. But I've the the dog food lid was off a few times a couple months ago. It was off a few times. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I put two and two together that the raccoons have figured out how to open up my dog food tub. No way. Yes. So I I I got a rac so I, I knew I had a raccoon because this raccoon was leaving me a little deposit on the back deck every <laughs> oh, night too. No. So so finally, I got around to borrowing a live trap from a friend of ours to to try to help with things. I bought a new dog food tub that has locking handles on the end. I got you. So I put the live trap out, put a little do- bowl of dog food in there on the the you know the little deal that 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 on the springs trigger. the trap. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I my dogs I hear them rustling in the night because they sleep in our room, and I was like, oh man, I. And I, I had put a ring camera out on the back porch and I was, I popped it up and I see a pair of eyes. I'm like, yes, I got that raccoon. And I go outside 
And lo and behold, and your Great Dane was in the trap. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Lo and behold, I got two raccoons in one trap. Really? Oh my mm. goodness! And so I, uh, I was, he like, was like, I told great. you we shouldn't have come in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they look pretty young. So yeah, kid, it's time for them to be. That on that was ground. on Wednesday, when I went out there to 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 check the trap. Those sorry suckers had flipped the handles down on the dog food bin. And they were getting in there and getting dog food out of there first. Oh, wow. <laughs> that don't surprise me. And so um, I caught him. I was like, yes, my, all my problems are solved until that was on Wednesday night. Thursday night, the dog food bin is open and there's raccoon tracks in the water bowl. Uh, I was like, are you more. kidding me? There's more. Yes. So I put the trap out again last night. And at five o'clock this morning, I hear like it sounded like somebody was knocking on my door like they needed to get in Are you- and I, I, I'm kind of in a, in a stupor and I'm like what's going on and then I realize I got a raccoon and I, I got that other raccoon and I go and he out knocked on your door <laughs> yeah he like totally knocked on the door that was his lawyer so I go out to the back porch and open the door and what do I see two raccoons in the trap wow two for and not only that Two more raccoons on the deck. Are you kidding wow. me? And the right dog in the food bin open. Town. Six. Six raccoons. And I don't know. There might be a whole, like they may have moved in next door and I didn't know. <laughs> wow. But yeah, wow. six raccoons. That's, that's crazy. Pretty, that's but catching wild. them two at a time. That's oh. pretty impressive. Yeah. It's efficient. I got a dog you can rent. I was going to say, wait. Well, I, I asked Clay. I said, you need. you need." I'm s- coon dog poor right now, man. <laughs> Did y'all notice on the podcast this week, Clay's chair squeaking. People talk about it all reading. the time. I literally I get messages oh, to really? my on Instagram. Oh, really? On the Bear Grease podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I need to oil this baby up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Bear Grease Render. My, oh my, what a monumentous day we have. We have two, we have a return guest. I just want to say reports of his death have been largely exaggerated. <laughs> <Yeah>. Greatly exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> we have back, back at the Meteor South Global Headquarters, we have Gary Believer Newcomb. Back, Woo! back from back. Man, it's good to see you. With yeah. bionic knees. It's good to be here. I can walk without pain now. Yeah, man. going to be dangerous. He's been sprinting <laughs> yeah. up and down. I wore him out scouting for deer. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to quit hunting and start playing golf. Oh, wow. That's a tragedy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to have you back. Yeah, thank you. Good to have you back. And well, this is a long time coming. Brent, why don't you introduce our guest? To my left. <laughs> <laughs> to my left is my lovely wife, Alexis Reeves. Hello. Fresh. Fresh from the Bozeman, Montana headquarters. North headquarters <laughs> of me, Dieter. Yes. Northwest. Mm. So good to finally be here. <laughs> you had to prove so, yourself on someone else's it, podcast. That's okay. Yeah, so Alexis, Alexis was on the Meat Eater podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and never heard of it. <laughs> she had to be vetted through Meat Eater before she could be allowed on this podcast. Oh, that's what I've been missing all these <laughs> all years. years. No, Alexis, it's great to have you. I'm great excited to, to be you. here. You are clearly the best thing going on with Brent. 
Absolutely. <laughs> you are so right. Truth. Agreed. And <laughs> then to my, to my left, the best thing going on with me, yes. Misty Newcomb. Oh, how sweet. And then Josh Lambridge, filmmaker. Great I'm to here. have you, Josh. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you get a chance to read that Beringia book? I'm, I'm, I've started on it. Have you really? Yeah. Good. Yep. Good. It's very interesting. It's not what I expected. Mm. <laughs> well, hey, we, we have a lot to do on this podcast today. First of all, I would like to um, to present the Reeves with some Newcomb Farm apple butter. Oh, we're yes. big into so apple butter. Nice. And Josh, oh, I get like one to too. You I love and Christy. apple butter. That is some good apple butter. Can't wait. It and I've good. already given Juju and Dad. That's a, a jar that's a of good it. color. This is that's the yes, color man. you want your apple butter. Yeah, we've had right a bumper there. crop of apples. We really bumper have. Crop. Never and, had uh, as many as we had. Yeah, this and year. so so we made apple butter, which apple butter is pretty much cooked down apples, brown sugar, and butter. No butter, no butter. What? No Weirdly, butter. no butter. Mm. And uh, and uh, 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 cinnamon, and some vanilla, and a few other secret ingredients. Secret ingredients hold, in there. We got to hold back. We got to hold back. Ingredients. Some secrets. But uh, it's well, it looks great. Good. It looks very good. Thank it's you. It's good. It's good. Apple butter. You know, you can use apple butter in a lot of different ways. I've learned. I've been uh, using it like a side dish, kind of like on Thanksgiving, <laughs> like cranberry sauce. Yeah. Like if you're eating meat or eggs or whatever, yeah. you can just have a big dollop of apple butter and just use it. And it's fantastic. Fantastic. I got to introduce this. Are I got you, permission to introduce okay. this. Whoa. This is, this is uh, pretty exciting. So this is, this is around, huge. Around, huge. around huge. the 1st of September, Phelps Game Calls is going to come out with what they're calling the Clay Newcomb Acorn Grunt Bleat. This is not a joke. This is a really high-end, and when I say high-end, it's a, it's actually quite a revolutionary deer call. It is a two-in-one grunt bleat, Oh, which I didn't realize. I was with Jason Phelps in Mexico, and I, we were just talking about deer calls. And, and Phelps has a deer bleat, and they have a grunt. And I said, man, we need a two-in-one call. I don't want to carry two calls, and I love a doe bleat. I've called up so many deer with a doe bleat, especially before the rut. Uh, during the rut, all you hear about in deer hunting is grunt calls during the rut to get an aggressive buck to come in. What you don't hear about is in the early season using a bleat. or what You hear about it, but you know, mainly guys are talking about grunt calls. Well, I said, man, I want an inhale, exhale grunt call, and he was like, well, they don't make any. There's, there isn't one. And they came up with an incredible design. And this calls about probably close Four and to three quarter inches. It's probably longer than that. I was going to say five and a half, six inches. But it's got a, it's got a, uh, it's got a, a good grunt that you can't top out. You can do it real low. Or you can... Do it. You can. It doesn't peg out. A lot right. of the cheaper grunt calls will yeah. peg out. Yeah. Blow it as hard as you can blow, and it won't peg out. But from the same side, you can inhale a very supple doe bleat. Wow, oh, that that's is awesome. awesome. That's pretty good. Can you that, flip it around and blow? Well, that, so that's the thing. So if when you're hunting real cold weather, if you want to not. Exhale into the call and freeze the reeds. You can flip it and suck 
inhale to get a grunt. And then blow. So anyway, anyway, you... He's flipping it back and forth. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I was flipping it back. Yeah. Y'all couldn't see that. No. But it's a... But, okay. So there's not a call like this. So in theory, you could inhale to get a dough bleat and flip it and inhale to get a butt grunt if you didn't want to freeze the reeds. Yeah. But what I like about the call, this is, you know, the can calls are so good. The little Primo's can calls. I mean, they they really are. I wanted a call that you could replicate that soft and you can do it on these. But, uh, but this is the acorn grunter. This is the deer hunters grunter. Spell it too. Acorn. A-K-E-R-N. Spelled. Spelled the 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 old the old way the way twenty percent of us in the country say, <laughs> and uh, this is made of genuine white oak. Oh my goodness! There you go. And it, this is a Ooh. deer hunter's call. Hey, that's a great call. It really is, man. And uh, it's even man. I didn't ask them to do this. They did it. I love it. It's got my signature on it. Oh, thank you. They're, they're, they're making five hundred of these. They're really? making only five hundred of them. It's called the it's called the acorn grunter, the acorn grunt and bleat, <laughs> and um, that came it's in got the a mail. beautiful little green, uh, little little green band in the middle, but it's made of white oak. I mean, that tree right there fed deer. Hey, it'll go quick, man. Yeah, yeah. Come with a lanyard too. Yeah. So you can get that. That's cool. From Phelps in early September. This is big. Getting line. Big. And uh, the reason you need a doe bleat is you can call in a pretty high percentage of does in the early season bleating at them. Has that been your experience, Alexis? Every time. Yeah. Every, Every time. time. I've been That's looking for fun. something just like that. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Good. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Brent, I have uh, I have a couple of questions for you. So I was listening to This Country Life yeah. just today. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's a story you tell in there about punching your dad in the stomach. <laughs> While he was asleep. <laughs> Yeah. What was going through your mind? I can't. I don't know. And I even talked talked about it in there. But it was like, I mean, I can remember that, and it was like I watched that on TV. Because uh, I can't believe I would do it. I was not a violent child by any means and, and was not a behavior problem either. But I was just, I lay in there, and I guess I'd run out of things to think about other than going <laughs> swimming. And when I just looked over there at him, he laid there. He was so peaceful that he was sleeping so good it was like he was in a coma and 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 reva man she you know she edits the podcast reva hansen mm-hmm. does and she put that him in there snoring it, yeah it was absolutely perfect i mean i was took right back to that spot but i thought i laid there and i looked at my little old arms in the <laughs> elementary school i looked at my arm and i thought i wonder how hard i would have to hit him to get elbow deep <laughs> <laughs> and so I just sat up on the edge of the bed. He was late, and you are no more relaxed when you're in that first ten minutes of real good sleep. I mean, you are out because he was. You could just his breathing was just like the ocean, man. It was just flowing, just easy. I just sat up on the bed, and as hard as I could, I tried to put my fist from his belly to his backbone. And, and let me tell you, it don't. Regardless of how good your daddy is sleeping or what kind of state of comatose he's in, mm-hmm. he comes awake pretty quick when <laughs> when you do that. And it was I couldn't. I got two steps away from the bed, you know, thinking right then the best place I could be was anywhere that he wasn't. And he caught me. 
And I just thought, I'm dead. He's going to kill me. But he didn't, obviously. I lived through it. And he didn't what even What did he me. say? He That's just, part of the, the story. So this is this is a story on this Country Life podcast. It's about mm-hmm. swimming holes. And, it, and and the climax of the story is his dad takes him swimming after this, okay? Yeah. But, what, but his dad wanted to take a nap before they went swimming. We'd been fishing that morning. We'd been fishing that morning. We spent the night. Yep, brim fishing. Yep. Caught a big mess of fish and went and took them up there and cooked them for dinner. Some folks would say lunch. They'd be wrong. Mm-hmm. And then we took. Then he said, as soon as we get this kitchen cleaned up, we're gonna we're gonna rest a minute, and then we're gonna go swimming. Well, I knew rest a minute was nap, and I ain't about no nap. Or let me let me rephrase that. I wasn't about no nap then. Then, yeah. How I old were the, you? I see the value of it. I don't know. I was in the fifth or sixth grade. Okay. So, mm-hmm. uh, Alexis. Anyway. Yes. Um, what were you thinking when you married Brent? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> How long have I, y'all been married? I'm still thinking about it. What we told Steve, twelve years, I think, is what we told him. That's what we're telling people. That's what we're telling people. Twelve, <laughs> years. I think twelve years. I think that's accurate. But I'm a little worried about this story about him punching his dad during nap <laughs> time because I'm a big napper. <laughs> You're concerned. Boom. I'm a little concerned <laughs> about this, and maybe this is why I haven't heard that story. Yet. And yeah, you haven't heard this story. <laughs> I've, you told me that story before. Yeah, you have. I re- when it when you came on, I remember you didn't give me the context of swimming holes. Yeah, I remember one time you saying you punched your dad in the stomach while he was sleeping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never did anything like that after that, before or after. So I don't know. It was. Mm. Did you ever punch okay, your Brent, dad, Clay? No, I don't think so. No, no, no I would have killed him. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> he wouldn't have lived he to tell. Yeah, I don't. I don't. No, I. I don't think so. I do remember one time. Uh, we were taking care of uh, my littlest brother when he was just a baby and you were asleep and we were, me and Zach were just kind of like tired of messing with him. And so I remember putting him on your belly and like running. (laughs) (laughs) You got her. It was like, this is this guy's responsibility. (laughs) Uh, um, No. Okay. Brent, tell me. So since Alexis is here and, Tell me, I remember one time you told me. So Alexis is kind of a city girl. Am I right or am I right? Very accurate. Very much so. Okay. And you told me one time that you quoted the words to a Loretta Lynn song to her, telling her a story. (laughs) And she thought. We we hadn't been married long, and it was coming before Christmas. Before the realization. Yeah. yeah. And we had, it was before Christmas, and before we had it. Well, long before we ever had Bailey, and she asked me something about a Christmas ornament. She said, do you have a special Christmas ornament from when you were a child? And I said, she kind of looked over at me, and I, as sad a face as I could put on, I said, no, we didn't have Christmas ornaments. We were poor. And she said, oh, you know, and just like, oh, you know, I'm not going to go there. It's obviously a bad place. And I said, now if I can get their lyrics right here, I said, um, you know, in the in the in the summertime, we didn't have shoes to wear. She said, "You didn't." I said, "No." I said, "But in in the wintertime, we'd all get a brand new pair." She said, "Oh, that's good." I said, <laughs> "I said, my mama, <laughs> my mama would order them from a, a mail a mail order catalog." She said, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, it was 
money made for my dad selling the hog. She said, did you grow up on a little house on the prairie? <laughs> and I said, no, that's the lyrics to Cole Miner's Daughter. And she ain't trusted the thing I've said since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, she called me an idiot. She said, you idiot. Josh, can you play us that song? Do you yeah. know that song? Uh, I know of it. I've never played it. but mm, mm. Yeah. So, Dad, yesterday was your 50th wedding anniversary. 50 oh, years? Congratulations. Right. Yeah, quite a deal. How have you kept quite Judy with you for that long? You must be quite the <laughs> she charmer. She got married in 1973. 73. 73. Yeah. August, I believe. Yeah, 50 probably. years. Yeah. That's August. pretty good, man. That's got to be the longest hostage case in yeah. history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, it, it's... Uh, it's been terrible, but we suffered. <laughs> now, now, if you if you know Miss Judy Newcomb, she's a real sweetheart. Oh gosh, yeah. So, mm. anyway, Good. I've been real blessed to have Judy Newcomb. Mm-hmm. So was I. Pretty fortunate. Yeah, y'all lucky you had her when you were raised up. She was the kind of mother that would just she wouldn't discipline or whip or anything. It's all love. And on the other side, it was. Me. <laughs> so it, it made a good balance, really. You good know. cop, bad cop. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Well, that's congratulations on 50 years. That's big. Thank you. That's a pretty big deal. Really big deal. Ever need something for your home but don't have the cash or credit to pay for it? Let's chat about how to get what you need when you need it. You can do that at Aaron's. Yep, you can rent to own appliances like washers, dryers, refrigerators, furniture for your living room or bedroom, even tech like computers and gaming systems. Plus, Aaron's has great brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley, and you can pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But here's the cool part. Say you're renting a 65-inch smart TV and decide you don't want it anymore. At Aaron's, you can return it at any time. Or maybe you want to downsize to a 55-inch or upgrade to an 86-inch. You can do that too. Return it and take home something new. Life's always changing. With Aaron's, your stuff can change right along with it. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. So check out your nearest Aaron's store or visit Aaron's.com to see what I'm talking about. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. Comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want and mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER.
O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Alexis, what what uh, what was it like being on the Meat Eater podcast? So Alexis, have we already said that yet? Alexis was on the Meat you, Eater podcast. Yes, yes but yes, you yeah. can never say it too much. And in reality, <laughs> in reality, I just said hi and how many years I was married to Brent. But I was, you were there, there talking about dire wolves and all kind of stuff. Correct. And I love dogs, so it was great. I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I did learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. I was honored to be there. You know, awesome. Brent's uh, little video kind of went viral on oh, Meteor's TikTok. Just showed it to me. Talk talking about uh, talking oh, no, about cats thing. eating the nose off of dead people. Yeah, weirdly, mm-hmm. I've actually heard you say that before. Yeah, you were the first it's person I've ever heard <laughs> say that. Well, I I just saw I I saw what was happening is I was just scrolling through and I saw if a cat. And I was like, Brent's about to tell them that cats eat dead people. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. lyri- the words came up, oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. And so I paused to see if you did, and you did. And I thought, that's the nastiest thing. I oh, wish you yeah. wouldn't tell that story. You ought to see it. I wish I could forget it. Mm. Misty Newcomb loves cats. I actually hate cats. Mm. Uh, I I wish I didn't, and I don't know why I do. And, and I've had some real extreme responses to cats. When we first moved out here, you know, this was – just kind of a wild place like we didn't have oh yeah and i think clay always he always my dad kind of he didn't like cats and so every time we'd see one he'd be like oh, i hate cats and so clay just thought well that's why misty doesn't like cats it's just kind of like a family culture thing and so he always told me i don't want you passing that on to our kids there's no reason to hate cats so we're not gonna hate i mean cats. i hate cats but there's no reason to just be like afraid of cats yeah so i would always just try to keep it under wraps you know and when we moved out here, there wasn't a whole lot going on out here before we, we got here. We had to clear out land. And it was still kind of wild. You would see all sorts of animals coming around. And usually that was fun. Well, the girls were little. They were three and two. And Bear was a newborn when we moved out here. And I, we, I would, we were coming in, I think, from getting groceries or something. And I brought Bear in. He was asleep. I brought Bear in and I left the door open so that the girls could come in behind me. And as I'm walking up the stairs, I see a cat that was abnormal. I mean, it wasn't like a normal cat. It, its tail, it was mangy. It had blood on it. It, it's something had happened to this cat. And rather than meowing, it was barking. And I just said, "Girls, don't, 
don't touch that cat. Don't don't look at it. Don't invite it over here because you know River would have like come here, kitty. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, don't <laughs> that something's wrong with that cat. Y'all just come inside. And I walked out and took Bear inside. When I walked out, that cat was in our living room. Oh, and my girls were sitting there. Cat burglar. <laughs> and, and it was just the girls and I. But <laughs> I instinctively did what most people would do, and I just started turning circles and screaming out loud, yes. but remembered that I'm not supposed to pass that trait onto my kids. And so what I'm screaming is, everything's okay. <laughs> Don't panic. But I am in a total, I mean, you could have wrapped a snake around my arms and I would have been calmer uh, than yeah. seeing that, that cat right there in my living room. And I just start screaming. I get on the phone. Clay was out of town, but I called my aunt and uncle who are like just, just up the road. And I am in a panic. They don't know if something's wrong with one of the kids, if something's, and I'm just screaming. <laughs> There's a cat in my house and I'm going crazy. <laughs> they came down here when they walked in my aunt Terry. I mean, she she walked in less than 5 minutes and they lived 10 minutes away. Less than 5 minutes from the time I made that call and she had Lysol, she had Windex, she had like gloves. I don't know what she thought had happened. <laughs> she was ready. <laughs> she thought maybe a cat had eaten someone. I don't known, like cats. I've known they Misty took the Newcomb. Cat. We don't know what happened to the cat. For 20, probably 22 years, and we've been very good friends, but I I came very close to ruining our friendship one time by shoving a kitten in her face, and it was not, not her thing. Let's just say no. Yeah, it's not like a thing in my head that I'm choosing. I think Clay believes this is a choice that I have made. I don't know why. I and <laughs> I and choose to Gary's asked me before yeah. if something bad happened to me with a cat. If that happened, that's repressed I, deep. I, in, I think in my, it's been fed. You think it's been fed? I think it's. I think. I think even the more we talk about it, the, okay. the bigger it gets. <laughs> okay. Well, just I need okay. people to just rest assured when they wake up, they got a cat in the house. They wake up in the morning. Check and, on your loved ones. And Fluffy is laying on your chest, and you think, "Oh, this uh, this cat loves me so much. He's checking to see if you're breathing because he's fixing to eat your nose." <laughs> and I think that deep down, I know that. Like yeah, I didn't need it. you to tell yep. me that when you said that. I was like, "That's exactly what I'm afraid of." I know the potential that this cat has. Exactly, <laughs> it's going to kill me. <laughs> that'll, get some, that'll get some hate. The mail. ultimate predator, house cat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, we're on the third Mississippi River episode. Were this, we supposed to listen that, to that before we came here? Yes. Yes, oh. you were. Yes, you were. Are you joking? I'll wait outside. We should get a transcript. <laughs> you know uh, what? I thought this episode was really good. You, you. <laughs> like, she wasn't expecting it. <laughs> well, I wasn't. Kind of took her by surprise. I, I kind of felt like it was, it was, uh, it was a little, it was like too much. Just a little too much information. He, Clay. Alexis is like, yep. You won't get an invite back. <laughs> That's fine. I got one. That's all I needed was one. He kind of preps, like he'll come out after he finishes the podcast and, and I always know what he thinks about it. And that, that shapes how I hear it. So when I listened to it, I was kind of expecting this to be like over the top, but I thought it was really good. I, th- I found it super interesting. Well, it was all like, I never put anything in the bear grease that I don't think is essential. Like it's it's got to be essential. There's no filler. Like I don't have to make a podcast an hour long. I can make it thirty minutes. I can yeah. do whatever. So everything that was said, I felt like was essential for the story. It was just there was just there was a lot. There was nothing redundant in it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I think yeah. that when you when you're doing a podcast like the Mississippi, I mean, like for example, I thought as I listened to it, I thought, oh, he's about to talk about blues music. 
Like I thought that was the direction oh, when when he when you started playing that yeah and and then you didn't go that direction and I think that and we've kind of talked about this whole whole you said it at the beginning it's hard to know there's so much people need to know and it's hard to to know which yeah one you just kind of have first. to pick a direction yeah and then you'll come back to something or what, not what I what I the reason I feel like knowing who Ellett Humphreys and Eads are those three guys and not that everybody in the world needs to remember it but when you see the depth of work and human investment and engineering and thought and everything that went into taming that river it just makes you respect it because i mean we just drive over it and just think that this river just it's just here it's just not that big a deal but i mean this was one of the greatest feats of human engineering on planet earth was taming this river and these guys and and their story is so fascinating because there's these two guys that are being paid by the government to give reports on the river and they hate each other. They hate yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah. And there's this ego rivalry and they both agree on the same thing that there needs to be levees and outlets. And yet, because one of them wants to be different than the other, he says levees only will work. Even though his research said that it wouldn't, they adopt that policy for like 50 years in the Corps of Engineers. And then, Levy's only fails and causes the greatest natural disaster, fi- greatest financial ni- natural disaster in American history. It's just kind of wild when you see the the human nature, how it's played. And, you know, man and rivers have always been, have always been linked. And yeah. rivers, any kind of obstacle, a natural obstacle brings out the kind of the, the the showcase of human possibility good guys bad guys cheaters those that have integrity heroes villains you know it's like anything can happen but uh so yeah w- what brent what stood out to you in this one anything stand out oh a couple of things one of them do you like when they ate that horse oh yeah they're, <laughs> they're great um <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts the cabeza <laughs> de vaca when that Horse drowned yep. along with Juan Velasquez. Did, now, I know Velasquez. That, yeah, Velasquez. I know that they they hit, they hit the bank down there in Florida. But where did that happen? At? That so the first inland journey into what is now America from Europeans right. was down kind of in South Central Florida. So they, you don't know? I'm asking what river? Do you know? Did do they know oh, what river it was? They, yeah, it's in there. I don't know what. Okay. I, I, offhand, I don't. But that, I mean, that wasn't what I was talking about. I just, I thought about that when it happened, when I, when I heard it. But the bureaucracy and both of us having, I'm not going to steal Alexis Thunder here, but knowing something doesn't work and going on with it anyway. Yeah. And putting money behind it and sweat equity and people in there and it, and it failed miserably yeah and, and catastrophic to i mean forget the farms just think about all the people mm-hmm. my you know i mentioned on my, i think render number two about my grandfather going over there are we ready to get into that part sure he he talked about that he was he would have been about 14 or he would have been 14 when they went over there he was born 1913 14 when they went where when he when they went over there to help with the flood Okay, well, yeah, tell us. Yeah. We don't no, remember. No, I'm sorry. My grandfather was born in 1913. And when the flood happened in 27, now he lived in 
in southeast Arkansas where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And they were taking boxcar loads of folks and truck loads of folks over there to help, not mm-hmm. only with rebuilding, but for recovery. And he said they did a lot of that recovering bodies and stuff over there. And some folks wow. they never found. And he said, as a young man, he said it was absolutely horrible. He said mm-hmm. it was, it was, he said it was like it wasn't even, he had never, he said, I, I'd never seen anything like that. Now he, he didn't fight in World War II, but he said he would have to imagine that that's what it was like mm. for those folks seeing that. And he said it was just absolutely horrible. Mm. Just whole families, some whole families gone. Yeah. You know, and, and people walking around trying to find loved ones and neighbors. And, and yeah. there, he said there was abs- it was just like a clean slate of well, mud, mm-hmm. nothing there. Man, I've always had a pretty strong philosophy about not living near big rivers during the times we live in. I mean, for real, like I don't want to live near a big river. I, I think it's, I think you and Alexis, risky where you live. <laughs> risky. <laughs> I don't want to live near an ocean. Who in the world gave you an idea that that ocean wasn't going to jump out of those banks and come swallow you, your house, your family, and your mule. Yeah, every September. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the end of time's not a good time to be living on the coast. Well, the end of time's, pal, you ain't going to be safe right up here in northwest Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> good true, point. Good true, point. True. Um, Alexis, what do you think? Well, we were talking about this uh, on the way up here, and in all honesty, I – I have no idea about it and uh, about, about the this flood. flood. You never heard I of it. I have never heard of it. Yeah, and I sure. guess what I've decided, and I, as I'm listening, I'm thinking, why? Why do I not know about this? It was obviously a big deal. And it, I guess it's because I wasn't raised here. Mm-hmm. I, I lived in Texas. That that in no way affected anywhere right. where Close we would where we'd, we'd be learning about it. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, it's not surprising to me that people wouldn't know about it. I would not have known about the flood of 1927 if it hadn't been for John Barry's book, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so I don't know that that's that well, my surprising. Only, they wasn't taught in school where I grew up, but my only key to it was my grandpa talking about it. Mm. And and my grandparents, they are they lived in the Delta area. So I'm sure they did know about it. And, mm. and my parents were raised in Arkansas. So they probably did. We just just was never talked about and so when we were talking about it or listening to it today like wow i've really missed out on something (laughs) i had no idea about this part of history and Mm -hmm. so i learned something i did learn something from your podcast oh wow all of it i I learned all of it everything everything you know about it today so yes alexis you work in in we won't say your specific job but you work inside of systems where in in bureaucratic structures. Right. Um, Would you say (laughs) that something like that could happen today? Absolutely. It happens every day. It's just not with a river. Mm. I mean, they're continuously making decisions knowing it's really not going to work. But we we do it anyway. We do it all the time. And so, but it was interesting listening to your, you know, that was way back then. Like what, 1927, Mm -hmm. they were making those bad choices. Yeah. And you think, well, 1927, 2023, why are we still doing that? Mm -hmm. We haven't learned anything during Mm -hmm. that time that, hey, maybe we should have, our instinct was correct. Maybe we should really think about before we do something. So that was very interesting. We did talk about that. And just to clarify, when she said we, she didn't mean the the place where she works. She means 
the yeah, bureaucracy yeah. as yeah. a whole. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this of is course. for sure. Well, I actually read a psychological study and listened to this this whole podcast that really talked about the difficulty of backing out of a bad decision. Right. So it's yeah. not just like political structures. It's yes. it's everywhere. Absolutely. That, that even even in business where profit is king, it's very difficult to step back yep. if you've attached yourself to an initiative and you know it's going down and it's not going to work. It's very difficult psychologically you you actually have to train yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> to step right. away from bad decisions yeah. because you kind of attach yourself to to an initiative. So in this this case it's a little different because this guy was like actually created Yeah, a he was philosophy. one of the first he was one of the first uh leaders of the Corps of Engineers. I will also say just in defense of I mean the whole podcast was kind of about this this struggle with uh knowing the right answer but something else happening is that it is easy for us and it was easy for them in 1927 to look back like 70 years prior and you know point have fault so it actually worked for a long time right relatively well there were there were there were floods and different things but not a flood to this scale and so my brother and I one. bought a duck camp inside the Arkansas River levee and at that point when the time when we got the loan and we bought it there hadn't been a flood in there of any degree in a hundred years. And after we bought it, we owned it 20 something years and it got in there seven or eight times. Oh, really? In really? That, in that span. Really? Yeah. Wow. So we're sitting there thinking, well, we got this flood insurance, <laughs> but it ain't all it's doing is getting a little check and then we got to put it all in cleaning all of this stuff back up. So your camp flooded just nonstop after not flooding for that for area a, flooding for, for like a hundred years. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. the thing about these rivers is that you're always working against a, a giant that's unbeatable. Um, and unpredictable. So, yeah. so there had never been a flood in recorded history that big, you know, and, uh, and what, we haven't said yet on the podcast and and we're not really going to get into it was in 2011. There was a flood that was bigger than in 1927. You're not going to get into that. Well, it's, it's, you know, I mean, who wants to hear a a good news story? Nobody, not the Bear Grease podcast listeners. They want to hear about disaster. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. The flood of 2011, it worked. I mean, the Corps of Engineers, that it was the it was the flood of the the biggest flood in recorded history on this continent in 2000, 2011 it was the levels were higher than 1927 and it worked they have floodways i have great appreciation for the corps of engineers oh there sure. you know when i did this i didn't want it to sound like i was throwing the corps under the bus i mean it's just an interesting story yeah but i mean they have what they've done with the river is incredible and uh and it worked so and, and it's a thanks it's, to the Corps of Engineers. I've got I, a I read issue. a whole book about exactly. the flood of 2011 and what they did during that time. They saw what was happening. It was this perfect storm. It was high, high snow melt in the Rockies, big rains in the Ohio River Valley. I mean, it's not just like raining in southeast Arkansas and Memphis that makes it flood. It's all these factors way up in the drainage basin. Um, and so they, what they had to do was in multiple places blow up the levee at at uh, floodways. So there's places where they have 
dynamite embedded in the levee, buried in the levee, and they light in case. it. Yeah, ready to blow the levee up, and so it diverts the water in a strategic place that goes in and floods these huge areas that are primarily agricultural areas. And if you live in a floodway, like you know it, you're like, hey, you can build a house here. This is a federal floodway. That's the way I understand it. And you just kind of bank on your house may flood or you build your house up like these deer camps are built up on stilts. And there's a lot of floodways all down the Mississippi from basically Memphis down to, to Louisiana. There's some wild stuff like that. And the, the, the Atchafalaya River wise off of the Mississippi and Louisiana. And they think if it hadn't been for the Corps of Engineers keeping the Mississippi in the Mississippi, the whole Mississippi River would have naturally turned into the Atchafalaya Basin. And basically, the Mississippi River would have cut down through Louisiana and just like destroyed the place. But they, but they continually monitor that section of the river and do a lot of stuff. Anyway, we're not, we're going to get into some of that, but pretty wild. Ever need something for your home but don't have the cash or credit to pay for it? Let's chat about how to get what you need when you need it. You can do that at Aaron's. Yep, you can rent to own appliances like washers, dryers, refrigerators, furniture for your living room or bedroom, even tech like computers and gaming systems. Plus, Aaron's has great brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley, and you can pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But here's the cool part. Say you're renting a 65-inch smart TV and decide you don't want it anymore. At Aaron's, you can return it at any time. Or maybe you want to downsize to a 55-inch or upgrade to an 86-inch. You can do that too. Return it and take home something new. Life's always changing. With Aaron's, your stuff can change right along with it. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. So check out your nearest Aaron's store or visit Aaron's.com to see what I'm talking about. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want and mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, You can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. 
Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Dad, what'd you think? What stood out to you in this one? Well, how little I knew about it. I mean, yeah. I've crossed the Mississippi River like most everybody, hun- not hundreds, but tens of times. And, you know, you just cross it and look at it and go, what a nice body of water. Yeah. And then you find out how complicated, how powerful, and you just go, wow, this is probably, you know, one of the most powerful natural sources in the world. I mean, it's just, you know, you take water and it's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love Mark Twain's thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, how he described the river. I love that song from old Charlie. I can sing that one. (laughs) (laughs) But when you read the lyrics, you know, I mean, he had it, he had it tagged. So, um, and the human nature of Humphreys and Elliot, 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 you know, those guys, you know, they're geniuses that they're the top of the heap. They're the best there are, but they're still humans, man. I mean, they're going to lie, cheat and steal occasionally, Mm -hmm. but it all worked except you know, maybe, maybe the flood was a little bad, but yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I got, I really enjoyed it. It, yeah. it was more, it's like you said, it's, it was almost more than I could handle. I mean, yeah. I'll be honest with you. My doctor buddy told me that after you have major surgery, your brain doesn't work quite right. And he just <laughs> had major surgery and we were talking and he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't think of a simple part that we were trying he said that's an example of what i'm talking about so mm-hmm. my brain's not working real well but it worked well enough to realize that i was way over my head with this thing i mean i had to listen to it two or three times well see that to me that's a success in, inside of this because what i the the reason i was interested in the mississippi river 2 years ago was because of how I realized I knew nothing about it, but I knew that it was important to America. I knew that rivers are fascinating. It's important to deer camp, according to you. How's that? Well, you said, you guys, Bear Grease, that gives you something to talk about. Yes. Well, it it just shows you how complex things are all around us that we have no idea what went into it. You just, in, in that to me, makes the world a, a deeper, more robust, a place where you can be curious and learn and understand things. And uh, yeah, the river is absolutely fascinating. And it as it is as dynamic of a natural feature as we have in this country. Like if you think about the Rocky Mountains right. and you think about going to Montana, going to Yellowstone, going to all these places 
where there's this grandiose, like big majesty that you look at and go, wow. The Mississippi River is the same when you look at impact. But you might drive over it and just think, man, that's just a big, big old river. mud hole. Yeah. You know, it, it has a different kind of beauty. But yeah, it, it has a mule float down it occasionally, too. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That was kind of crazy. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But hey, uh, you think about that river. I mean, it runs straight through the country. And as the country developed, it came to that river and just stopped. You yeah. Know? yeah. And yeah. then these guys started going, look, we can make iron. But that won't build a bridge. How are we going to get across this thing? So it created a totally new uh, product in steel. I mean, right. it, when you can read about steel, and, and, and I mean, it was a big deal, you know, for this guy. I forget his name. I, it was Eads that Eads. was challenging Carnegie. Yeah. Carnegie, they were making steel. Carnegie was a gazillionaire. Yeah. But it wasn't good steel. Well, it was the best the market. It was the best that they ever had. But Eads came in and, and basically raised the whole he standard by testing that, that, every single yeah. piece of steel. And then they were able to, you know, that changed the whole steel market, you know. You know, a book I read, and I think it might have been Lewis and Clark. I can't remember. But th- this guy that, it, it was a little different from this story. But the guy that designed this bridge, he, he, had, to, he had to create a product that would work. So he builds the bridge across the river. And no one would cross it. And he kept trying to figure out, how am I going to get these people to cross it? So he, he had a big press conference, had newspapers out. He had an elephant. And, of course, people knew that an elephant won't do anything dangerous. And he had the <laughs> elephant walk that. across the bridge. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, here they go. Something else I learned today. <laughs> so I don't know how true that was, but hey, it was in the book. Okay, bridges and animals. We were, we were riding mules uh, Saturday in the Ozarks and we, we came up on, we're riding down kind of a County road and came up on a big brand new concrete bridge that was really high. And I was riding banjo and a guy, a good mule man was riding with me. And he said, Clay, is that mule yours ever crossed a bridge? And I said, well, I don't know. I guess not. I don't think he has. And he said, he was like better, you know, if you want to go around it, you can. You better watch him. It's really high. Because what happens when you walk across a, a concrete bridge is it just sounds clipping across there. It sounds funny. It's hollow. There's it's just this unique thing. And so he I was I was a little bit worried about crossing the bridge, but Banjo went right across it. Way to go, buddy. Really? Yeah. No right. problem. Just like your elephant, Dad. Just Good. went from oh, ten grand to fifteen hey, grand. All things come together. James B. Eads. Was the guy that he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. He was in the podcast. Mm-hmm. I know. That's what I'm saying. He but was the, the one that but the made el- the elephant? Yeah. No way. What's yeah. his name? The Eads Bridge is a three-arch steel truss bridge. It was Eads from the... This- Eads is the one that had the elephant. Oh, okay. Okay. I asked John Barry yeah, For some that. reason, I thought his name was Scott, but I'm sure... You sure Eads, Eads was the one with the yeah. elephant? Listen, I mean, I'm, I'm on the St. Louis Bank website in the mid-1800s. Okay, that's yeah. it. That's our James boy. James Buchanan Eads had a learned distress of riverboats and deep determination, a necessary combination to construct the unbuildable bridge. That's that our was, boy. That was the highlight for me. Where'd he get the I, elephant? I love yeah, it. yeah, Eads. Come on, dude. It's like eighteen fifty. Where you get an elephant? Come on now. Missouri. How'd you get the elephant? Missouri. Yeah. Hey, my goodness. I, I, I've, I've always had a fascination with craftsmen and structures, and 
And listening to that part of the podcast was just fascinating to me, thinking about this guy. I, I had actually never heard of him before. And the the way that John Barry was talking about his his intellectual prowess and 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 genius, um, I found it surprising that he's not a more common name. Well, he's exactly. you know I think it just goes back so deep, and there's only so much that you know a person can kind of file away in their brain. But yeah. he he's up there with the great engineers and inventors right. of America. Well, the dude, lo- the dude taught himself calculus yeah. and I couldn't have somebody that knew calculus couldn't teach me calculus. <laughs> I just have great appreciation for structures that, that stand the test of time. Can you believe that bridge is still, I, I mean, I think operation? that's fascinating. Yeah. And, uh, hat, hat tip to Mr. Eads, Mr. Eads. Well, and I thought it was interesting that in Mark Twain's book, Life on the Mississippi, he directly addressed Eads and tried to cut him down at the knees. Like, you think about writing a book and you're a best selling author, and you are not just an author like you would be today. Today, you're an author, and there's, you're, you, you know, there's also Netflix mm-hmm. and there's social media and there's all these different avenues to get media into your yeah. brain. Back then, books newspapers there wasn't even radio yeah i mean and so mark twain is like the i don't know the biggest guy on the in the in yeah. america and he calls out eads in his book as a as a guy that thinks he knows it all but doesn't and so twain called it he was like you can't control this river you're never going to be able to control it and i felt like it was important to put the mark twain stuff in there Oh yeah. First of all, you can't talk about the Mississippi. I mean, no. obviously, there's a lot of people that have read Mark Twain. To maybe this is a surprise to you, Josh. I have not. <laughs> I, I, I haven't read school? much Mark Twain. Really? It was required reading. Yeah. yeah, it was for me too. It is for yeah. our kids too. Yeah, I, they, I where I came from, they never made me read Mark Twain. That's surprising. Yeah, mm, I don't know, but I I felt like reading those sections. They were, they were so witty, and you see Mark Twain, he was so enamored with riverboat pilots and how they had to navigate, which was pretty wild. And then his, uh, my favorite part was when he talked about how science, back in the right. day, he was ridiculing the most modern science, basically saying that scientists change their minds all the time and use inaccurate things to get the spiel I made about science there. It was a pretty good little, it was a good spiel. Well, it's not that, you know, there's one extreme of not trusting science where you're a flat earther and you just don't think science (laughs) even matters. I'm not there at all. I'm a big fan of science. Much of, much of some part of science is kind of making the best speculations of what we can for the future based upon what we know or think happened in the past. And I mean, if there's one thing that's that is certain in science is that it it really does constantly change. Yeah, it's constantly. And that's okay. That means it's working yeah. and that we're progressing. Anyway, it's soapbox. It's, it's kind of funny when people say you've got to you've got to you know you've got to trust science and they kind of belittle people who who question some aspects of things that are coming out. You know, it's okay to question that stuff, but it's also when people treat the scientists as if like they're not credible or they're not they're not intelligent or they've got some sinister motive that's also wrong because that's just part of science that's part of discovery yeah. is you gotta 
you got to run some tests and all you're saying with science is in this test, this is what it looked like. Yeah. That's really all you're saying. Yeah. And, and you could, you can generalize that out in other ways, Mm -hmm. but in every, you know, you, you put a lot of those little rocks together, you get a little mountain. Yeah. Well, but what I'm always saying on Bear Grease is that there, there are some parts of the human existence and life on this planet that will never be measured Mm -hmm. by science that are more real than gravity. Yeah, I could if I if you get a tattoo for bear grease, <laughs> write that word for word. <laughs> Have someone look it over grammatically to make sure it makes sense. But that's the truth. Like the the the, the trend of the yeah. intelligent is to be like the only thing that's on planet Earth is what can be measured, seen, tasted, and touched. What I was trying to say is that that is new. Humans for a long time have known that there is a spiritual dynamic to this yep. place. Mr. Earl knows it. There's a spiritual dynamic and there's a natural dynamic, yep. both very real, both, both very relevant to human existence. I mean, like, love science. Yeah. Also love the things that will never be tracked by science. Like asking a pinball machine to make bread. How'd you like that, Brent? That's yeah, pretty that kind of came that out of nowhere. Bam, bam, bam. Quick. Yeah, that was good. That sounded like something out of this country life. <laughs> I I could just see Clay sitting in here in his office and thinking, what's the most obscure thing I could think of right now? To that one just came. That. I didn't even think about it. It just, okay. it just, well, it just happened. Sometimes they just write themselves. Sometimes they write themselves. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, um, testosterone. Uh, any comments on the testosterone uh, part? We're getting some eye rolls. Prince Ale- raising his Ale- hand. Ale- when, when I started playing, that when I started playing it on the way up here, I said, "Now, you're not, there's not going to be a test. I don't think. Sometimes there used to be, but, <laughs> but but the day ain't over. Obviously, I said, but just think about something there that 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 made sense to you, or that, or maybe it didn't make sense to you. That just something that you grasp onto, and and because he's, he's going to ask you what what you got out of it about it or what stood out to you she's like okay we started playing and i started playing it and when it got to the part about the underwear she's like i, I can i comment on that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, I don't know i don't know no <laughs> christy christy asked me she goes is that true and i said i don't know she's like She's she's like, is he talking about boxer briefs? And I was like, I was like, well, I guess. And she's like, is it the same with whitey tighties? I said, I don't know, babe. <laughs> well, tight man's underwear would obviously be whitey tighties. Whitey tighties. Yeah, no, for it's legitimately there it's are funny, people. Man, with my in my podcast, I talked about me and my dad's tripping down to our boxers. Yeah, you know, yeah. so to take a nap in the heat. Mm. Anything you want to say about boxers or? They're Why great. Th- <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> well, well can I say can I say something else sure. that I learned or that I like? Because we we talked about this too. Is the political part of it always dings for me when mm-hmm. I'm listening to something mm-hmm. because I love it. I mean, that's my life. I you know I like I like all that kind of stuff. And the Hoover. Yeah, that yeah. was so fascinating was the, to mm-hmm. me. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. About because you never hear about him as a president. I'm a big president person. I love that history. Mm-hmm. I love to learn mm-hmm. about it. You know, I knew about the voting, you know, because of Lincoln, you know, all of that made sense because of what I've learned. But I did not know that he was such a big part of that. And he had 
you know, deceived and, you know, all of that makes sense. Right. But I didn't know any of that. So that was very interesting. Well, that's a good, that's a good thing to talk about is the, is the things that, that flood influenced in America. And what just one thing John Barry said is that it got Herbert Hoover elected president and he was a hero of the flood. Right. Right. There was a lot of good things that he did. He was a genius as John Barry said. Right. But then, yeah. And then, and then he flipped it's the so switch. interesting that uh it 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 changed the african americans from the from the republican mm-hmm. to the democratic party yeah, yeah. that I was had like no the idea. point when it happened yeah. which that is interesting mm-hmm. i just didn't know like I, it was neat that was neat to, mm-hmm. to learn about that part of history mm-hmm. that i didn't know about misty did any of those five things stand out to you the the five the things ways four things well i i i did like the i think there were five i i appreciated your spiel on uh on Mark Twain and um, science, and I, we've already covered that. Um, I thought I, I did not realize that they kept the the black families hostage. Yeah, I, that, that was that total news to me. I mm-hmm. knew about the Great Migration. That that mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of like that's a really big part of history. But it, what's interesting is that I've actually taught about the Great Migration, but you always t- teach about it in the sense of where they went to and where people moved to uh, and kind of what was pushing Not them there. When you think about came. it in terms of Jim Crow laws and the un- inhospitable South, but boy, that was a whole different, that was a whole different level. I didn't know any of that. That was news to me. So I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. I agree with Alexis. I thought the Hoover thing was interesting. Probably my favorite part of, of the whole thing was when you were talking about Mark Twain um, I enjoyed hearing his his readings. I hadn't heard those, but I I thought the part about spirituality was interesting. Um, and yeah, Clay likes to talk about testosterone a lot these days. <laughs> uh, when I listened to it, I was like, "Good grief!" We just had this conversation just like over coffee this morning, and so yeah, that's a, I I didn't know that I was getting teed up to hear it on the podcast. Teed. Again. Teed. Oh. Up. See what you did there. I wish I was that clever. <laughs> I told you they just write themselves. <laughs> In John Barry's book, it talks a lot about what happened on those levy refugee camps, the murders, the uh, incredible. You know, there, there were, there were, there was a time when they, when they said that a mule was worth worth more than a person on that mm. levy, and uh, there was a. Uh, yeah, it got really wild for a long time. And that river was up for a long time. And those people were on the levees. And yeah, they wouldn't let the black people leave. They would let the white people leave. And it all went back to that thing of to Will and Leroy Percy, uh, those guys who, you know, it's like there's good and there's bad. Yeah, for that those was kind of crazy because they were so. Well, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, it got down to, uh, as they say in the, in the cattle industry down to nut cutting time and uh they Leroy kind of showed his hand about really where he was at that's why motivation with, uh, motivation matters because like you could you could see just this one section mm-hmm. from from was it podcast uh, the at number two right when it talked about and the you Percy's think okay well and, these are decent people <laughs> but yeah. then you you listen to part three and it's like well they did some good things because they were motivated by this exactly. and therefore the motivation is what actually matters the most because here 
I when they really the, needed it. I wouldn't it. use the terms that Clay just used. But <laughs> <laughs> Testosterone. But, again. I mean, here we They're go again. Ballers. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but it really showed their motivation, and that actually, because that's their motivation, that influenced their actions in a different way. Yeah, yeah. It. It. I mean, and, the thing about the, the Percy's though is that they declared their. They never tried to hide why their they. Intention. They, they were like, we're going to build an empire. We need labor. We need to empower these people so they'll stay here. And then, but then when they wanted to leave, that's when the Percy's were like, hey, these guys need to stay here for the, for their, for the farms and for everything that's going on. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting, interesting, interesting story. We've got one more Mississippi River podcast and it's okay. going to be totally different. It's not going to be deep and heavy and old it's going to be about oh, fish good. and turtles and and Aww. there's a little Pretty near flowers. death inside of it it's there's got a, what there's one near death experience get ready get ready foreshadowing go ahead well one of the things that i thought was interesting too when they were talking about the year before the flood and everybody was like hey if it rains anymore oh, yeah. yeah we're going to be in trouble yeah I, I was listening to that the day i listened to these people talk about our heat this year. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all like, it can't get much harder than this, or else we're going to be in trouble. And I just thought it was kind of interesting, like this major natural disaster and crisis that hit America. Yep. And they're kind of having similar conversations right now. And I just thought, what would it have been like to have read that in the paper? You know, these guys are worried about the water. And it would probably be exactly like I feel right now, hearing about it in a podcast mm -hmm. about the heat. Man, we really put you in a bind here. <laughs> We did, and it, you really put me in a bind you're not even aware of. <laughs> There's a game camera right out there. <laughs> it's, been, it's been up for years, no problem. It doesn't work. Well, Alexis, it's great to have you on the podcast. It's been an honor it's, to be here. You know, Thank you. You know, after seven years of not being on here. And begging. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was it's, worth it. It's time. It was, it was time. It was worth it. So. Thank you. Yes. Dad, good to have you back. Thank you. Hope hope everybody <laughs> has a great life. <laughs> Ever need something for your home but don't have the cash or credit to pay for it? You can do that at Aaron's. Yep, you can rent to own appliances like washers, dryers, refrigerators, furniture for your living room or bedroom, even tech. Plus, Aaron's has great brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. Life's always changing. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. So check out your nearest Aaron's store or visit Aaron's.com to see what I'm talking about. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. Here's a simple but meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. A digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pictures of all the things that they can't be there for, from family vacation to their grandkids' graduation. My parents are always asking for sports photos of my son who plays basketball. That A lot of the games, they aren't able to make it. It comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame, so you can upload as many photos as you want, and mom can pick the perfect one. 
See why I was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. I have an Aura frame, and so does Juju, my mom, and they love it. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BEAR. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com, promo code BEAR. Terms and conditions apply.